I am unashamed. What about you? So I guess now you've got the uh, the fishing in the quarantine, huh, Dad? Is that the... Fishing in the quarantine? <laughs> hey, I have fished more yep. in the last three weeks. Are we running? We're running. Yeah, we're... Well, we're running. Well, what I do is... Move in a little closer, Dad. Twice a week. <coughs> Move now, closer to the mic, Phil. There you go. Twice a week, I uh, I don't have but one net. But if you're if you spent probably twelve fifteen years commercial fishing, all you need to feed you and a small clan during a pandemic. Because <laughs> normally, uh, when you do fish, you've got a bigger crowd, right? right. That yeah. Plus, you don't need but one net because. If you know where to put it, there's there's no problem with the fish. Yeah. You just go out there. And I've take d- I've described it as under the water. You can fish so long using nets that you learn that there are actually highways under the water. That is there's correct. There's underground fish highways, just like humans have highways where mm-hmm. we go about. Well, you figure out what that all runs. We call them yeah. runs. Yeah. And you get it on the highway. And what's different is each fish has his own highway. So, like, if you get deeper water, you start getting into blue cat and Gasper goose. You get a little shallower, and then you get into the flathead Opelousas. Then when you get real shallow, you get into the things that are I didn't illegal have, but uh, I had about seven or eight <laughs> on Monday. One of the ops was about, uh, I'd say, four four pounds. I said, that's, that's good. That'd Ooh, feed, perfect eater. That'd feed three or four of us. Well, did you run them today? I just got through or, running them. I didn't have but three fish, but but they were all three catfish. Okay. But they weighed together about fifty pounds. Well, let's, what but were these? That was two blues well, and one op. The op won out on the on the, the color. I just simply grabbed the op, <laughs> cut him up under his tail so I could bleed him like a hog. You know, I cut him up on the tail. I said that'll feed twenty. 20 people. Well, how many you got eating that? The other two, I just threw them back in the river. I catch them later. Down the road. Well, let's in interrupt this podcast to see what you're going to do with the catfish. Because I, I, catfish, I, I, the, I sense that the, the one op has now been dressed and cut up and deboned. Mm. And the belly meat slabs on them are about uh, six, eight inches oh, wide, man. about like that. Well, you here's know, my, my mouth question. Is watering. Bones. Well, here's my question. If you have enough to feed 20 people and there's only two of you. We, we will we will eat them every other day until they're gone. Now they're just Miss well, Kay and I, maybe one. Uh, you're not hearing what you want to hear. Man, your no. daughter. We're not. We're having a failure to communicate here. I would just like one flank. One side of, of belly meat. Yeah. <clears throat> Done. To you take, to take right. with you. There Stop you by go. and pick him up. Get so we got a fish dispensary here. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, two things. Uh, the rule, the rule to go by is two, two, two things. One, be independent of everyone else. You say be independent of everyone else, and and practice God reliance, not government. Two people come to your door. We're with the govern. We're with the government. We're here to help. Get them out of the get. Don't do not fall into that trap. So, the Declaration of Independence. We all revere the Declaration, but we don't realize 
what Thomas Jefferson was saying. You have a God-given right. All men are created equal. They've been endowed with certain unalienable rights from God, their creator. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. What he was doing, he was taking a page out of what the Apostle Paul told the Thessalonians, make it your ambition. Our ambition as a nation should be a nation full of people who are independent, fiercely uh, individuals. Right. We're not worried about, I don't expect anything from the government. I don't demand anything from the government. That's not the government's job. We've raised up in the pandemic, the recent, the ongoing pandemic has shown me one thing. We have run this victimhood and this uh, reliance on the government. We've taken it to a level. I mean, they're saying shut it all down. I mean, you can't get out of your house. You we'll, can't go we'll there. Get you, we'll get you through this. We'll get you through this. Just uh, it, Look, they borrow trillions. We're in debt trillions. They just borrow them over, and they just keep shoveling out there. At some point, so you're someone not a, says, you're you not know, whatever happened, to, whatever happened to make it your ambition— <laughs> To, here's where Thomas Jefferson got the Declaration of Independence from old King George or anybody, any other government. Yeah. Whatever happened to just make it your ambition to live a quiet life, mind your own business, work hard with your hands, just as we told you, so your daily life, people watch that, hmm, quiet life, he works hard. He's not dependent on me, his neighbor. He's not dependent on the government. He's just going it as an individual. So your daily life will win the respect of outsiders so that you won't have to be dependent on anybody. I'm telling you, I'm trying to get that into people's heads, but it's hard to get them beyond government programs, government assistance, the government's going to bail you. I don't trust in any government. I, I think just you've been, don't trust them. You've been watching a lot of news, I think. No? no I've no. just been reading a lot of Bible. And no. when I read a lot of Bible, I'm like, I need to rely on the one that can raise me from the well, dead so to, for so crying to, out to loud. Some, yeah. To put some practicality. I hate to start preaching this early well, in the morning, no, but give me don't. a break. No, no you don't. It's, you it's, don't. Well, we are dependent it. on God. It, you know, if I, I get my... You know, I'm. I'm Your dependent. life is in his hands. Yeah, my life. But as far as going around here, I think you have so many people taking advantage of that process. Well, look here's the here's oh. here's the practicality. So, obviously, a lot of the whole sectors of jobs go kaput because when you tell people to stay at home, you can't go here, you can't go eat, you can't. You know, so all of a sudden, these people are, man, what what are we going to do? But I, I saw it was very interesting within the first week of when all this started happening, the quarantine and your home. Well, then the the Walmarts and the Amazons and so many businesses in America, they're rolling. I mean, they're like, they can't get stuff in fast enough. They can't get it on the shelves fast enough. So here's what happened. A pandemic hits. You got a lot of jobs shut down, but then you got hundreds of thousands of jobs that open up. Because now the one thing that is rolling is come get some food, You know, come do this. We're going to ship you your stuff. So to your point, if your mindset is, if I've been working at a restaurant, I lose my job, and the government says, well, you know, we're going to try to help you best we can. We're going to send you a check. But you look over here, and all of a sudden an opportunity opens up at 15 bucks an hour, whatever they're starting out, which is not bad. 
it may be best to just go work in this opportunity, and then when this thing dies down, you may get to go yeah. back to your old job. Well, what I'm saying is that's the mindset you're talking about of I want to try to make my own way rather than wait around right. for somebody to take care of me. I mean, well, that's the, the panic broke out because the jobs numbers last week, I think it was 3.3 million people lost their now jobs. Now it's, it's 10 million as of yesterday. That well, I think today's the number, yeah, so it may have came out today, mm -hmm. so another seven. So, I, look, the highest ever in a week, I think, was 700,000 oh, before crazy. this. So now, I mean, so I think everybody's like 10 million people lost their jobs. Okay, well, and look, some of them, you know, they, they're I'm, – I've noticed they're trying to form it in like a loan on some of – For the, the business the, stuff, the, right. Yeah, but then it's like a loan that you don't pay back. It's so a I grant. thought that was kind of confusing. So The, well, the, it's, the it's socialist among us uh, via the college professors indoctrinating for about 60 years the socialist agenda – well, now the socialists are literally during this pandemic. Oh, yeah. They are rubbing their hands together. Right. They said, finally, we've got it That's to where right. they are completely and utterly dependent right. on us, the government. You're right. We have to get power. Get rid of this Donald Trump because he's standing in the way. He, he's in the way of the socialist agenda. They're looking at it like, what an opportunity. Yeah. We, can, we can gain full control over the whole bunch, and they will bow to us from now on, and they will be— Reliant on us and not God, we finally got them where we want them. That's the scariest thing I'm seeing uh, <laughs> unfold here. It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. I'm down here on the riverbank. You say, did you ever get any government assistance of any kind? No. You say, are you getting any now? No. <laughs> I mean, I turned 62. They said, well, you know, you paid all this money in. Uh, we got Social Security that when you get old and gray there, Robinson, we'll give you some of your money back every month. Not near what you paid in, but we'll just be there to help you. Well, they delayed me on that for about eight or nine years. I said, well, forget it. I, wasn't, I don't even want that then if that's the way they're going to do it. Oh, they love my logic. They said, yeah, we got that old guy. He's going to be self-reliant. He's not going to want that. Even the money he paid in, and we're slipping them a little, a little by law. <laughs> well, I thought I had him. I said, forget the whole bunch then. That's what I figured. Well, look, I turned 63. Well, we changed it. We turned 64. Well, I had to hit about 70 before they finally said, you know, we said we'd pay you, yeah, but I quit dealing with them. But little Miss K, y'all's mother, she didn't. <laughs> I love quit. that he always reminds she us. She said, "You paid it in. It's not their money. You paid it in. It's yeah, your money. They just give." I'm kind of it. agreeing with Miss K. Miss K stayed the course. I said, "I don't She's want a right. dime out of them. Forget it." So they were all <laughs> rubbing what? their hands together. The the Social Security outfit saying, "Boy, we finally we got one of them." It says, "Well." <laughs> You know, I'm sure. Forget it. I'm well, sure they got that's these exactly people out here in the world called financial advisors. I think you know. Yeah. I'm just saying, <laughs> might want to look into. Would you have to be dependent on them? Yeah, yeah. They so, take your money, and yeah. you're dependent on them. On how they yeah. spend? No, nope, they're out. That's why I was joking. <laughs> but uh, I say be so that you can be dependent with a quiet life, hard work, and minding your own business. I you won't it. have to be <laughs> dependent on anybody. I, I, that I, I is what it. Thomas Jefferson was saying. I got it. But I will say God's this. the only one in the Declaration of Independence <laughs> that Thomas Jefferson said, 
Rely on him because that's where your rights come from. I will. It's say not the this. government. It's your rights no, come from God. Not saying it. So I'm just Overall, saying. <laughs> I agree with the Bible. I agree with the principle. I agree with you. However, I will say this: in times like this, there are you know I think of James where it says true religion is keeping oneself polluted from the world and being good to widows and orphans. I do think it's our responsibility as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, to look out for those who are widows, orphans in that world. And I think that's where we should step in as the church. Yeah. As faithful. Well, I was talking members. to we were talking to Willie today and he's been cooking food and then some of his folks have been delivering it to older people at, at the church they yeah. attend. I mean Well you do the that, same thing. By the way, we have a steady stream of food. Every Sunday morning, the homeless gather up at that little structure where we were meeting. Now that's all gone. But they come. I said, need to keep the grub going to those guys on the street and those gals living on the street. So they're coming, well, you know, and they, they get them a little can, can beanie weenies, you know, and some chips, you know, and a little bit of grub there. Yeah. Every well, week was- we're making sure that the, the food supply is going to them. So we're looking after well, our neighbors. My point is, is there are some legitimate people that we need to show compassion and and that need you know a hand. But our world just takes advantage of a lot of the corruption in the world. They take advantage of that situation. You are correct. And then people try to find excuses not to work or you know when you're like when I, I remember when I was in Russia, you actually got penalized if you got married. Right. You got tax-wise. You got penalized if you lived in a house that was finished. So guess what? There's no house or flat that's completed in the whole country that I saw. Everything was under construction. Yeah, it, it just was crazy. It's the same thing they do in logic. the Caribbean and Mexico and all that for the same yeah. reason. So you just always have some rebar sticking up out of everything because well, you, so, so you get rewarded. So you get rewarded for not for not doing a good job. Exactly. <laughs> So everyone will understand my logic. Just remember, you say, well, whose job is it to, for the homeless's sake, the poor, the downtrodden? It is the job of the kingdom of God, Correct. the body of Christ, to reach out to your neighbors, the downtrodden and the poor. It's our job to help each other. We should not pawn that off on a government because there's so much graft and corruption. Right. Very little of these trillions of dollars ever gets down to them. So you're saying we're de- independent so that we can then help those who can't help themselves, as it, it, opposed to becoming dependent on the government. We you are correct. We can't help anybody. That is my that is my like that, that is my stated opinion. I like it. So let's take a quick break, and now that's a perfect segue uh, to what we've been talking about in John three today. Here's what happens. Let me let me tell you how the dominoes fall. You become more stressful and anxious during times of uncertainty and as some weakness. would say, I'm just pulling my hair out. Well, well, this is happening now. People's hair, it's falling out. And they're not even pulling on it. They ain't even pulling on it. Yes. <laughs> so, so our, our friends at Keeps, Al. Our friends at Keeps are trying to help us because these are these are strange days, and we want to try to hang on to as much hair as possible. Uh, so they got a couple of FDA. We've been hearing a lot of FDA here lately, haven't we? Uh, FDA-approved uh, hair loss products. So you can go online, have a consultation, and find out if you're losing your hair. 
how to try to keep some of it if possible. So you go to keeps.com slash door, keeps.com slash door, and you get half off your first order, which would be really great. And you get your consultation to find out if these guys can help you hang on to some hair. Keeps.com slash door. So we talked about um, John 3 in our last podcast about baptism and sort of its its implications that come out of this John 3 text, and we sort of broadened that out. Jason gave us some good illustrations on looking at that. There were a couple of concepts that come out in this text that I wanted to you guys to touch on today. One of them was Jesus' reply to Nicodemus when he asked him about, you know, we, we obviously we see you're a prophet of some sort because you're doing all these things. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. We talked a lot mm-hmm. about the born again factor, but I wanted you to talk a little bit about the kingdom factor that he talks about because Nicodemus, obviously, like any Jew of his day, would have seen the kingdom of Israel as it had always been, a physical manifestation of a, a, a country, you know, what you call it today, it was the kingdom of Israel. Mm-hmm. And so it had kings, you know, and, and, and even in this day, it still had kings. Herod was there. Mm-hmm. And so they saw it as a physical thing. So their concept was Messiah, when he came, he would establish that Israel would then be this physical place forever and everybody would, you know, they, they would basically rule the world. I mean, well, let's that, just it, read what you're saying. I'll give you an example of it. So I want you to talk about the difference. And what is Jesus bringing in that's different here than what they've always thought? I got the question, but I was just going to say their interpretation and what was making, I think, people nervous about Jesus is just think about it. When he fed the 5,000 and then on another occasion he fed the 4,000, well, if you were in government and here's a guy who's claiming he has some kind of miraculous powers and you're looking over there and you're seeing 5,000, it says 5,000 men. Well, what do you think? And they start talking about kingdoms and setting up a kingdom and you see a guy with 5,000 men and he can feed them yeah an army i mean all of a sudden they're like well you're thinking war we we got a revolution going on that's fixing to happen that i think that's why he got into so much trouble and eventually died because when you put all those things together they were thinking physical kingdom he's starting a movement they're going to try to take us over Snuff him out. Well, you know, you remember you know the, that was true from the disciples' standpoint because they were looking at it and saying, well, where do we slot in? Well, that's like, what I was going to read. you got to remember the political uh, uh, arm that Jesus was doing also battle with was the government of that time. We're talking about the period of time 2,000 years ago when Jesus, Caesar Augustus was there until Jesus was about, uh, you know, teenager or so. Then I can't think of the the second one, but he come along, and uh, and that went to the thirty three when Jesus left. But but if you remember, the Jews instigated it all, but it was the Roman Empire that said, "Okay, let's crucify him and get well, rid of him." Because they were the arching power; they had they they were occupied. So Jesus you know. was warring against not only the the government authorities of that time frame, that time frame. I mean, you know, it was emperors and kings. I mean, you know, they, they it, the the 
the law of Moses, you say, ah, they didn't fool with that. Right. We are the law. Well, and that's but, why they thought it was going to be an overthrow. I mean, look, when, sure. when, when Messiah even, comes. Even today, they're sensitive about that. But, I mean, it was God's plan anyway. I mean, right. I don't think they should be sensitive. You know, I've, when I went to Israel, some the our guide, who was obviously a Jew, you know, I could tell he got he got easily offended if you tried to blame the Jews for crucifying Jesus, you know, because he himself believed Jesus was here, but he didn't believe he was the Son of God. Right. And so we would have numerous discussions about that. But I noticed he was sensitive if if you were if he thought you were blaming the Jewish nation for crucifying you know, Jesus, he's all, oh, that was the Romans. I mean, we didn't have anything to do with it. And I was like, <laughs> right. oh, wait a minute now. <laughs> I, I might want to give him a New Testament. Like, you know? not that you it... remember throughout Jesus' ministry, he said, submit yourself to the governing authorities. Right. Pay your taxes. Mm-hmm. Honor the king. I mean, he wasn't like, like a revolutionary about, I'm against the government. And, and look at the, the government apparatus they had going then was way more strict than what we have now. Right. You, you can believe that. You That's say, right. man, they... It's one of my favorite stories in the Bible. I brought this up before. When Jesus, they asked him, you know, about paying taxes, Peter did. Remember when he came in? But Jesus, yeah. like, picked it up mid-conversation, which shows you he knew the conversation <laughs> you were having a mile away. Yeah. And he was like, go down there and catch a fish, and the first one you catch, it'll have our... Our taxes and go turn it in. I was like, no, that. You're talking about an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> you get, get to go this fishing, right. and one of the fish. And you have just money. stated, you have just stated, my friend, why my my allegiance is not to government. It's well, to right. the one who brings money out of a fish's mouth. I'm like, I'm with him. I think that's the answer. You rely on the government. I said, no, I'm 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 the one that may, I'm like relying on the one where the funding is coming from. <laughs> Yeah. Real funding. <laughs> that would have been a good line when they're asking you why you hadn't paid your taxes. And you're like, well, I keep catching these fish, yeah, keep, but there's I'm no fishing. money. I'm there's, fishing. there's no money in it because they're not. I mean, I, I want some literal money coming rolling out of the fish. It's pretty funny, really. I wanted to read this Acts 1 because, look, after all that we just said, you would think by this time the his disciples would have got the concept of the kingdom. I know where we're headed with this, but... He says, I mean, this is right after Jesus was raised. And in verse 3, he gave many convincing proofs that he was alive, which is our point, that he he can put coins in a fish's mouth. He can come back from the dead. He can walk right. on water, yada, yada. So you get to 4 of Acts 1, and it says, while he was eating with them right before he leaves, he says, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised which you have heard me speak about. Well, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, this is kind of going back to this concept, this conversation right. that Nicodemus is having. But Jesus had brought up the kingdom there. Well, they were familiar with that story, I know, because their next question was, so when they met together, they said, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They were thinking it was a physical thing. They were like, what are you talking about this spirit? A lot of them still do. <laughs> That's right. That's right. To this day. And he said, it's not for you to know the times or dates of Father. I said, he, he didn't answer the question. Correct. He didn't say, you still haven't got it. <laughs> you still haven't got it. Because then he says, but you will receive power. Because that's what they were looking for. 
are we going to take over the world now? Right. Are we going to? That's why they're getting the swords out when they try to get Jesus. Cutting the you know, ear right? off. Yeah, because they're like, well, we'll have the biggest structure on planet Earth. Oh, well, it all right. comes from It'll those. will have 12 thrones, and we'll oh, sit yeah. on all 12 of them. It all comes from those prophecies, and y'all know them, but our viewers may not. We, we've touched on it before in other podcasts, and you go to Daniel 2 and Daniel 7. You have these prophecies that God was going to establish this kingdom. And it would never be destroyed. And it goes six hundred years before it happened. And it goes through the kingdoms in uh it's like uh what is the word? It's uh yeah, well, yeah. irony, not irony, uh what historical what, metaphor. Yeah. But, but but Daniel and them they use a metaphor and you can figure out which which kingdoms he was referring to. I mean, it's a kind of a long Babylonians, uh, Mede and Persians. That's right. The Greece, Greece yeah. Rome. He said during that time, mm. that's when it was laid out pretty clear. Yeah. Yep. So you can go, you look, if you want to go to Daniel two, Daniel said, you'll, you'll see that. So they're all sitting here saying, well, I want to be a part of this kingdom. We're mm-hmm. going to take over the world. Cause it says it will crush all other kingdoms. It will never, it itself will never be destroyed. Well, then here comes John the Baptist who is baptizing in water for forgiveness of sins, pointing people to Jesus. And he had a phrase that he would say, and y'all know what it is. He would say, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is near. Yeah, at hand. It's at hand. Or at hand. And well, I met a fellow one time that said that at hand didn't mean near. So I use <laughs> near now. Well, because look, I, this is a legitimate problem. In it's going to happen before you die. Well, that's that's that narrows it down quite a bit. Mark nine one. I'm just going to throw in a few texts. Yeah, here while you're Luke seventeen <laughs> twenty and twenty one is another one. But it's an issue in the religious world because look, we have the same problem today in the religious world. There are people, religious people, Jesus loving people. They're still waiting on the kingdom to be here. I know it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute here. If 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 Jesus. Because then Jesus said, John, you know why they're still looking for it? Well, because a guy like you or a guy like me, an old owl there, but especially they look at a guy like you and you say, uh, actually, I'm the best looking person here. Actually, Mm. yeah, you say, actually, (laughs) I'm a priest in the kingdom of God. And they see you walking down the road and stop and chat. They keep the six to ten foot. They they would keep about a forty yard distance between you, and you'd be talking out your truck window. I'm a priest of the Most High. I'm in the kingdom of God. They would walk away and say he's a complete idiot. He thinks he's some kind they of member of some anyway. member of some I mean, kingdom here on earth. Some of this that is old true. Raggedy looking some dude. of this is true. All the parts about. Especially me compared to you. I love it because I know you don't have mirrors. But let me just be the first one to tell you. He, you know, Phil don't do selfies. No, you no know, selfies. he doesn't check his hair. You can turn the camera around on a selfie and you can look at yourself. It's like a mirror. That's why mirror sales have gone way down. I think when you start taking pictures of yourself, you're on a, you're on a slippery slope. <laughs> well, trust me, buddy, we're there. <laughs> we it ain't me, dude. I don't take pictures of myself and say, "Well, look at that." I mean, you know, what do you? I'm like, I'm thinking now, slippery slope, Jace. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's take that slippery slope into a break. <laughs> So I love talking cell phones uh, with Dad. He's such a cell phone aficionado. The the what's he called? The little black box. Yeah. 
of course, you know they're they're not so little anymore, Dad. Mom still got the flip phone, uh, which is good. But our, our announcement uh, from our friends at Patriot Mobile, uh, you know, during this Corona time, they're trying to everybody's trying to figure out ways to connect people even better. Uh, so they've got their their U.S. based, which we love. Uh, they're conservative, which we love that too. And their team has basically designed a customized family plan for twenty five, thirty five, forty five, for fifty five dollars, which is pretty good. For cell phones, I don't know it, the rest of it's going to be crazy cost. Patriot Mobile never charges you hidden fees. Um, they support what we believe. They support the Constitution, conservative values. So if uh, you want to check these guys out, we encourage you to uh, to do that. See if you might want to switch over. You call 972-PATRIOT, 972-P-A-T-R-I-O-T. Or you can go to patriotmobile.com slash fill to get your customized family plan, and again, it's 25 to 55, whatever you want your plan to be, 972-PATRIOT or patriotmobile.com slash Phil to check these guys out. Phil has now discovered the most slippery thing in life because, look, there are people the taking self. Look, everyone between the ages of 13 and 20, here's what they do. Here's the big thing now. I know we're completely off on a rabbit chase. <laughs> they take pictures of themselves I, literally every few minutes and send it to their friends. Then their friends, they they send it back of their self. I know this because when I got – when my daughter, when I was checking her phone, which if you have a person under 20 years of age in your house, you need to check their phone constantly. And so my daughter hadn't had a phone in months. And so – that's y'all's job, now. It's not mine. Well, Y'all monitor your own children. I, I'm I'm old grandpa around here. Great <laughs> but I've I've <laughs> noticed one of the things they do is they do that. They send that all day, twenty four seven, of pictures of themselves to each other, the entire time. Everybody on there has multiple selfies within an hour. So I, when you said we're going down a slippery slope, we've fallen off a cliff on that. If that's a sign of slippery slope, I'm beginning to I'm beginning to gather from what you just said on how far out of touch I yeah. actually am. Well, I thought it was pretty interesting. I don't know what the obsession is with taking a picture of yourself and sending it. I, I have no desire. But I've noticed that's... even my wife, she'll send me a selfie on occasion. Which I don't mind that. That's just short but, of straight jacket time. <laughs> <laughs> what I took Look issue. At me, I'm like, what? What I took Get issue the with the boys. illustration was so you don't do mirrors, you don't do selfies, and then you're commenting on the way I look. I was wondering if you were going to bring it back. No, I'm bringing it back because Phil is a cardboard sign and a little tin cup away from people just throwing their money at him. You know what I mean? That's a, all you need, Phil, is a cardboard sign that says the end is near. And people would get exactly who you are. Maybe we could put well, it out there on iTunes. Because he always talks about that oh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. The end I would is just near. simply say it's nearer now since Jesus died on the cross, and that's been 2,000, was raised from the dead. That's been 2,000 years ago, last times, if he, Hebrew chapter 1. I'm just saying we're 2,000 years yeah. closer to the end. I'd put that on the sign and hold it up somewhere. Well, I was reading Acts 1, 6 through 8 because they didn't get it. Now, they eventually got it because that power came through the Holy Spirit, which is what makes us the most powerful, unshakable, indestructible force on the earth. 
the kingdom of God. That's why. That's why I'm looking at the pandemic and you, and some of the offshoots of what it what it stirred up, where no one could meet in a large crowd, and they said, "Well, they will no longer be what they call church services. We can't do that anymore." Right. I'm just saying there's a possibility that God is telling us, like He did at at uh, the Tower of Babel. They were going to, you know, all of them had one mind, one language, and God says they 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 they're going to they they're going to this is going globalism. Oh, yeah. It's what they were hollering about that far back. That's right. Yeah. Well, to this day, they're still pursuing globalism. You take that in the Book of Acts when they started to just kind of get camped out in Jerusalem. Well, God went in and got to persecuting them, so they would scatter. He said, "I said the kingdom is going worldwide." Move out, go forth, go yeah. go forth. Well, to this day, it reached all the way to here from over there in Jerusalem. It reached us over in the United States of America. You say it reached worldwide, just like God said. Yeah. But it won't do that if you got a bunch of people congregating in small little group if they don't take it out. But Phil, I want to be clear because we get every time we do a podcast, it's weird. You've been keeping me in the loop of some of these emails from our listeners. You know, it's like we spent. What two sessions on baptism? But some of us hadn't quite got out there, so people are. I know, but you sent me those questions last night. I was like, every question that we we answered or said this is a bad question, it was weird that you know we did the podcast. Well, then he got he sent it to me. I think kind of funny because we were like, you know, like this question is a dumb question, but those were the questions. And I feel like the religious world, some people, and I think it's ten, it's coming from a legalistic mindset. They they're trying to check all the boxes doctrinally, and if someone they're looking for someone to agree with them on all these theological doctrinal agreements, and if you have one thing that they don't agree with, bump, we're out. And I'm just saying that's not a good way to be. Right. It's just, just it's, it's a not couple, a good way to be. If you just took a couple of texts and you say, let's see here, what does that John chapter three mean? Uh, unless a man is born again of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Well, first he says that, can't enter it. Then he says you can't see it. Well, can't see it. He says you can't so, see it first. Now, look, if you read that and then you just moved over to Titus 3, 3, same as John 3, 3. Right. If you just go Titus 3, 3, they're easy to remember. Yeah. Uh, when the, when well, the when the when the God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of anything we'd done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on his generous so Jesus. Which, which is, water, such, which you is a good point. That, you but say, we, you know. And I, mean, I don't want to revisit that. Are they that? saying we the same it. thing? I'm like, well, yeah. It seems like. Oh, hang on, hang on. Let's take a break. Then you answer that. So it's shocking uh, that your home can be stolen. Uh, I know some guys that their houses are on wheels, and you'd think might not be as hard to steal those, right? Some of our friends, yeah. <laughs> you know. But can you imagine someone knocking on some of these redneck doors and saying, your house has been stolen? And they're looking <laughs> around in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. But really and truly, it's a it's a sad deal, and it's scary. Uh, there's one woman named Deborah. She learned the lesson. So a thief found the title to her home online. They forged the document so it appeared that she sold the home to them. They borrowed a bunch of money against the equity of her house, 
And so she doesn't even know about it until she gets foreclosed on. She's like, I know this is crazy. Why didn't they just put these people who did this in jail? Probably couldn't well, find them. Well, I'm sure if they do, they will. And I hope they do. So basically, the crime is called home title fraud, and the FBI says it's one of the fastest growing crimes. And, and it's understandable because online and these hackers and thieves out here. So we got a company that's looking out for that called Home Title Lock. And basically, they're doing the insurance or bank won't protect you, so these guys will. Uh, you go to their website, hometitlelock.com, and you enter fill, and you get one free month of protection. You also get to register and find out, make sure you still own your home. It's HomeTitleLock.com, enter Phil, you get one month free, so check them out. But I said all that to say this, I want to be real clear on my position, because I like this position. And if people take issue it, so be it. My my position is, Jesus and John the Baptist both said multiple times, Matthew 4, 17, Matthew... 4 1. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus told Nicodemus, You can't enter it, you can't see it unless this happens. Mark 9 1, you you will see it before you die. Before this group of people are standing here, he was said, Some of you who are standing here, Mark 9 1. So he was talking to them. This is a hard thing for people to get. 2,000 years later, because they're like, we're going to see it before we die. No, he was talking to a group of men saying, before you die, all these men are dead now. They died 2,000 years ago. Yep. Before y'all die, you will see the kingdom of God come. So you you must make the inference it came in their lifetime, or Jesus would be just lying. That is correct. It's impossible for God to lie. So we know that didn't happen. So all I'm saying is they then ask him in Acts 1, well, what about all this kingdom stuff? That's not what they said. But they're like, are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? It's going to happen. Well, he starts talking about the Holy Spirit. What? Well, when when Nicodemus was confused about being born again, what did he start talking about? Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit. So what happens? The Holy Spirit is poured out. There's fire. There's people speaking in languages they've never studied. Worldwide people languages. People thought they were drunk. They're like, what the heck is going on? They didn't. Uh, the Holy Spirit literally fell. It was poured out. So then Peter gets up, preaches Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, among other things. Yep. They The people heard it, thought, good gracious, this is awesome. What do we do? So he says, repent, be baptized. We spent two sessions on that. You'll get forgiveness of sins. And uh-oh, you will receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Peter, the one doing the sermon, if you go back and read, what is that, Matthew 16, 15, and 16, Jesus, based on him saying that Jesus was the Lord, actually gave key, uh, Peter the keys to the kingdom. That is correct. Well, it seems like to me, instead of all these jokes in life and all these pictures and all these illustrations, of, we say every time somebody dies, who do they say is at the gate? Peter. 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 What? <laughs> yeah, we, they, we have a disconnect here. They already opened that gate. Well, Mark 9, 1, <laughs> Peter's dead. The kingdom had to come before that. That gate's already been opened. You missed it. When they said, what shall we <laughs> yeah. do after hearing that... W- 
Jesus was crucified. He is now, you're saying, both Lord and Christ, the Messiah. And he died, was buried, and what? Raised from the dead. They're cut to the heart, rightfully so. And then they say, what shall we do? Well, then he tells them what to do. And he said, the promise is for you, your children, all those who are far off. That was us 2,000 years later. He warned them and he pleaded with them. And then 3,000 were added to that number, the ones that were baptized. And the kingdom starts. It's still here. It's a lot bigger now than it was then. It seems pretty simple. Well, I want to read you this because a lot of people say, yeah, but all that's about in Revelation, you know, about the kingdom coming and, you know, it's not here yet. What are you, what are you talking about? Which I don't know how they really explain Jesus and John the Baptist saying it was near back then. And like I said, the one fellow I met that said, well, that didn't mean near because that doesn't fit his narrative, you know, because yep. 2,000 years later, because what they'll say is they'll, they'll read First Peter 3 and say, well, with the Lord, a day is like a 1,000 years. And I always say this, yeah, but with me, it's never that way. <laughs> near is near. He, he, he's written, yeah, he's and written John wrote us. in Revelation 1 and in 22, it yeah. is coming soon. There's another word. So soon doesn't mean near or doesn't mean, you know. Right. And 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 a lot of people have trouble with that. And, and one of the things I came up with on some of these passages that are difficult when it gets to timing, you know, we're all one generation away from – soon. You know, I would rather go with that logic than what they're going with. I mean, you see what I mean? It's like when you, when you die, the next thing you will know is Jesus coming back because time really ceased to exist. Once you're so it's it. actually kind of soon if you look at it that yeah, way. Right. But we're talking about a different issue. But I want to read this in Revelation 5 because here you have this vision that John's having. And people say, well, all this is futuristic. All this is futuristic. All this is futuristic. But you see this picture that he sees in verse, verse 8. You have the lamb in the, in the center of heaven. You have the elders around it. And look, each one had a harp, which it's kind of weird when you're having a vision and the elders have a harp. You know, some of these people say, well, you can't play these musical instruments, you know. I mean, if it was bad, you wouldn't have a vision of heaven and revelation with the lamb in the center and elders playing the harp. But anyway, that's a different subject. You digress. And they were holding golden bowls, look, full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Well, I'm, well, all of a sudden now, he's going back in this vision of what happens when we pray. Prayers on earth. Yeah. Prayers be, you know, the incense are going up to heaven. So that's not a futuristic thing. That's going on now. That's happening. Right? Okay, I just think that's important because when you look at the song they're singing, listen to this song. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seals. We're talking about Jesus because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased men for God, every tribe, every language, and people, and nation. Now, this is the verse 10 is what I'm trying to get to. You have made them to be a kingdom and priest to serve our God. Past, look, past tense. Yeah, it's already happened. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> look, and, <laughs> and they will, look, now here's the part that look, my buddy, I have a, a, look, I love this brother. He loves Jesus. I love Jesus. We completely disagree on this. <laughs> and look, 
You say, well, what do you think? I mean, why are you friends with him? Because I love him and he loves Jesus. He's just dead wrong about this. <laughs> and I'm like, you're going to be pleasantly surprised. And he's fine with that, you know? But this phrase is what he can't figure out. And I want to try to explain to it because I know a lot of people believe what he believes. And that's okay. It says, and they will reign on the earth. And he said, the problem with your logic on how he views me interpreting, he's like, we're not reigning on the earth. And I'm like, well, you know why we're not? Because you're not out preaching Jesus. Well, he find you know he's highly offendable when I say that. But when in his mind, you get you're going to get a second chance. There's going to be this war breakout. God's going to establish His kingdom in the afterlife, and then we're going for take two. I'm like, well, why preach Jesus now if all that's going to happen? Well, he's like, you got a valid point. I said, you don't realize on what reigning on the earth means. You just think about it. We're the most powerful people on the planet, despite how we look, because we got the Holy Spirit of God. That's right. You can't kill us. You think you can. You can't kill us. You can't bring up our past. We're forgiven. That's right. We're like, oh, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That's gone. You, what, you can't buy us with anything material. You can't bribe us. See, they you, thought... All the people who were preaching Jesus beginning in Acts 2, the fire coming off of the apostles' heads, you say, how many of them made it out of there? Our take on it, by looking at it, they died preaching the kingdom, Jesus, yeah. and the gospel. <coughs> and look, and God, God had every one of them slaughtered. And you say, yeah. well, they were all slaughtered. But what they don't realize is... They just moved over on the other side, and Peter said, Jesus told me, he said, this is going to end rough for me. He said, but I'm prepared to do it, how he would glorify God by his death. But here's Peter saying, I just departed. They thought they killed me, but I just departed. Hang on, one last break, and then wrap us up. I know we got to finish, so I want to be very clear on this. What we're projecting today is that when John the Baptist and Jesus said the kingdom is near, and what Jesus was discussing with Nicodemus, we believe today the kingdom of heaven, the indestructible, most powerful force ever created on earth, is here. Correct. And we're a part of it. When a person is introduced to Jesus, because a lot of people may listen and say, well, that's something I want to get into. Y'all are part of something that's indestructible? Yeah. Y'all are the most powerful people on the planet? Yep. yep. People just don't realize it. And you say, well, how do I become a part of that? Well, you hear what Jesus did. You're introduced to Jesus, and you say, yeah, I think I'm going to surrender to him. Well, what he was trying to convey to Nicodemus, that's why he later on said, for God to love the world, that he gave his son. That love story on what God did, which brings people to him. What he was trying to tell Nicodemus is when you're born again and you start and you get that spirit leading you, that spirit of God indwelling your physical body makes you the most powerful, indestructible force the earth has ever known. It's called the kingdom of God. And you are reigning on the earth. That Act like it. That is correct. Yeah, and you're right. He's, he said you can't see it without this new birth. And therefore, you can't enter it until the Spirit is entered That's into right. you. I mean, That's yeah. why I feel his point was good. If yeah. you saw me, or especially him, on the side <laughs> of the road, and somebody said, look, there's the most powerful voice, vo- force in the world, well, they would laugh. Well, That's they right. can't see it 
because they don't have the Spirit. That's right. But if they listen to you for five minutes. You're all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you who are baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. Neither neither Jew, nor Greek, nor free, nor male, nor female. And then he drops down. He says, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law that might we might receive the full rights of sons. Watch. Because your sons, he just told you when you became a son, you were baptized, you clothed yourself. And whoever you are, male, yeah. female. Because of your sons, God sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, the spirit who calls out, Father, Father. So you're no longer a slave. This goes to your indestructible, but a son. And since you're a son, God has made you also an heir. You're like... Yes, please. No wonder we're considered pretty proper. We inherit what God has, and he has it all, Jace. Oh, that's why I said yes, please. (laughs) Heir to what? Everything. That's why you're the most powerful thing on the planet. And that's why the Holy Spirit, as we've described, is so powerful. The way Jesus would describe it to Nicodemus back in John 3 is he said he described it like the wind. He said it blows wherever it pleases. You hear it sound. But you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So it's that it's a it's a force that makes us powerful and active because it changes behaviors, it guides us, it shapes us. Galatians five says it bears fruit yes. in our life. I mean, think about all the things the Holy Spirit can do for you. Oh. Which is why he told the disciples in John 14, 15, and 16, he was like if you guys think this is something running around with me, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, wait till the Spirit comes. You have a guide and a counselor. The way you can tell you have an evil microbe in the world is you say, can you see the virus? They're like, can't see it. It's invisible. It's, it's, he's an invisible enemy. That's what you say, But you look at what he causes, that microbe, yeah. and you say, and you see death. You say, hmm, sickness and death. Right. Same way when you see someone who has Fear, a spirit. Fear, panic. Yeah. Well, that's you, you what he said. You see someone with a spirit and you say, how would I know? Because I don't see any I don't see any spirit or anything. You say, do you see love? Yeah, yeah, I see that. Joy, peace, patience, kindness. Let me read this. By the way, you just tapped into the best way to deal with coronavirus. An unseen enemy you deal with that with a with an unseen force of good. You are so I want to read this. I want to read this to close. John right, close three seven and eight is what Phil's describing. Jesus said to Nicodemus, "You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. The wind can't see the wind. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going." So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. You got it. That's why people don't realize the kingdom is here. That's right. right. But they see the effects. They're like, the wind's blowing. Oh, no, that's just Spirit-filled people making something happen. They see a man or a woman who should be mad, but they're not. That's right. They're still loving. You're like, wait a minute. Someone just mistreated them, cursed them out, and they didn't even... We got to go. It didn't even seem like it bothered them. Or they see a person that should be panicked, and they're like, eh. Trust in Christ. I mean, I'll, I'll walk with God. You're I'll keep never my six, alone. I'll keep a six feet. I'll keep using my uh, hand sanitizer. But you know what? Ultimately, the yeah. Holy Spirit delivers. So good see, stuff. See you next time. See you next time. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.